uh, if, if folks haven't been over to DoDayTooLate.com, go over there, put it on your Facebook page, tweet it out on your Twitter. Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at RespectLifeRadio.com. Today, we're going to be talking about Initiative 120, eliminating late-term abortion in Colorado. And as many of you may know or may not know, there have been no restrictions on abortion in Colorado since 1967. So this is the first real opportunity to save the life of the most defenseless. Now, I understand it's at 22 weeks and beyond. We'd like to have it at conception, but what an opportunity to make a statement in such a pro-death state. And today, our special guest is Krista Kafer. She's a weekly columnist with the Denver Post, adjunct professor, broadcaster, and paid communications person for Due Date Too Late. Krista, you actually wrote an article early in the fall about this, didn't you? Yeah, as soon as I found out about it, I wrote about it, and I, then I found out that people I knew were involved behind the scenes, so I've been a little bit of part of the effort ever since. Well, I mean, you can't have enough people rowing in that direction, and especially to get an article written in the Post in favor of it is no small feat. What was the response when you wrote your article? You know, there's a reason I don't I don't put my email on <laughs> my articles. Uh, so people can contact me through Twitter, and you know, it was mixed. Obviously, there are people who um, are have absolutely no empathy whatsoever for for children and, and the women that are affected by abortion. So they, they weren't terribly nice, but for the most part, people were, were happy. Um, I, what I like about this issue is that it is bipartisan. It's, I know that uh, we'd all like for every child to take her first breath. I mean, I, I think it's a basic right, but not everybody's there. And when it comes to late-term abortion, though, there is a good three-quarters of Americans who say, this is you know, why, why do we have this? Why would you abort a child that can survive outside the womb? And as, as, as I've been gathering signatures, I talked to some folks who said, well, you know, um, what about children with disabilities? And, I, you know, I, I've got friends that have disabilities. I have a friend with Down syndrome. I, I want to see those lives protected, too. I, I, I believe that human beings have worth and dignity even when you know, the body doesn't work as well as you'd like. Or, you know, I've got friends that, that ha- have physical problems but are are happy, whole human beings. And so protecting both healthy babies and babies that have some health issues in, in late term in pregnancy is, is just a no-brainer for me. And I'm glad to know that there are Republicans, Democrats, and independents who see things that way as well. Well, and it is important, right? I mean, to think about we can't defend the most defenseless in our society really doesn't speak highly of us. But I think this really is an opportunity Um, for those of you who are listening now. We're actually in the cure period. We need roughly 10,000 signatures to make sure valid signatures to make sure that this issue gets on the ballot in November. So we would suggest that anybody who hasn't signed this petition and would like to. We have a few more days. We're going to be collecting signatures through May 28th for the most part because everything needs to be turned in on May 29th. But you can go to due date too late, that's T O O late.com uh, to find out where signatures are being collected. You can also go on respect life 
geodenver.org. We have a geo map that we put together of all places where people can sign. And it really is important that everybody sign. And I think you made an important point, Krista, that it is bipartisan. This just isn't a Republican or Democrat or independent. This is really just common sense, isn't it? It's common sense. And and how can you how can you look at a picture, a sonogram of a baby at 22 weeks or 23 weeks or 25 weeks at 30 weeks and not say that child shouldn't be protected? I mean, I, I don't know how anybody could turn a cold heart to that. And obviously, there are people who aren't where we're at on the issue, and, and that's why we continue to pray for people. But most people, three quarters of Americans of all political stripes, of all religions. I have a friend who's an atheist who's pro-life. It's just this idea that, that every child deserves to take her first breath and that particularly late in the pregnancy when abortion is so painful. I mean, baby can feel pain. The, the methods are, are pretty hideous. Um, and why would you wish that on another person? And why would you wish it on a, on a woman who then has to live with that? And my uh, friends of mine that have, that have had abortions, it is their greatest regret. Um, and I, you know, we, we turn to, to Jesus for healing and for hope and knowing that we can see those children again in heaven. But why would we want that for any woman? Why would we want, I mean, a, abortion kills a baby, but it wounds a woman. I know because I have friends that, that say that they just, they struggle. And I, I just think we, we need to get on board with this, this measure. As you mentioned, you can go to DueDateTooLate.com to, uh, to sign up to find a signing, a signing location. But if you've got a petition at home and you're talking to your friends and most of your good friends have already signed the petition, what I've started doing is I went on Nextdoor. It's like Nextdoor.com where you're kind of connected with all the neighborhoods around you. And I put something up and people have been emailing me and saying, come over and get a signature. I've gotten like 10 signatures that way. So asking friends, and I, you know, I've even had friends that call themselves "quote unquote" pro-choice, who have signed it because they say, you know, we don't need late-term abortion. There's no need for this. Well, and I think you made a really interesting point, right? This really is pro-woman. Uh, you know, no one wants to, you know, live their life with that kind of burden on their shoulders. Because look, in the end, if you take a life, you're always going to wonder how that child would have grown up. Uh, you know, all the great things that child could have done. And so it really is not only just saving the life of the child, but it really is pro-woman and helping women, isn't it? It is. And a lot of times women are kind of the forgotten victims of abortion because they are so intimately affected by it. Body, mind, soul, spirit, it affects people. And and I think we don't talk about how fathers are affected by abortion. Men may not be directly connected to that experience, but a lot of men know they've lost a child, a child they, they conceived, a child that would celebrate a birthday, a child that they might, that they would have a, a, a father-son or father-daughter relationship with. It is, it, it kills one person but wounds several others. And I, I just, I am so excited about this initiative because it is a step in the right direction in protecting these vulnerable lives, not just the baby's life, but also the mom's life and indeed the father's life. Uh, abortion has a, um, is a is a wounding lie that this child's life is expendable or that it's not even a child at all. I, I think you know, there's always euphemisms out there about, oh, it's, uh, it's abortion rights or it's a termination. Well, 
pregnancy ends one way or the other. It either ends with a, a live birth or it ends with a miscarriage or a stillbirth, which is tragic. But equally tragic is, is abortion. A child's life ends. And to, to, you know, you and I believe that every child should be able to take that first breath. But this, this is a step. Being able to protect children in that, in those final months of pregnancy and to protect their moms as well, it's essential that we get this done. Well, I mean, we were given that right. I mean, each of mm-hmm. us, you know, were given that right to have a breath. And then, you know, we've lived our lives the way we've lived them. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it does. It wounds so many people. Killing is never going to be the answer. Uh, we really need to be able to educate people and remind people when a woman's pregnant and walks into a doctor's office, two patients enter that room, not just mm-hmm. one. And, you know, we were talking before we got on air and you mentioned, you know, back, you know, in your younger days, you know, faith was kind of absent. But you always understood that life was precious and all should be given that gift of being able to come into this world. Uh, You know, do you know other people in your similar situation that may not feel the same way? I mean, how best could we approach somebody who doesn't quite think the way we are right now? But, you know, how do we come to them logically and say, look, this just makes sense? Well, one of the ways that I've approached it is saying that, you know, we, we should do things that, that involve common ground. And, you know, not everybody's on board with protecting children and, and women in the first the first few months of pregnancy. I, I think there's still a lot of hearts and minds that need to be changed there. But late in the pregnancy, it's pretty universal uh, that a majority of people understand that this is a baby. This baby could survive outside the womb. This baby has fingers and toes and fingerprints and is is able to actually recognize her mother's voice, be able to hear sounds outside of the womb like music. There really is a common opinion that, that really we have to have limits on on abortion shouldn't be the sort of unlimited thing. That it that for those who support abortion, they believe it should be available in the first few months. Okay, if that's where they're at, that's fine. But I think together we have some common ground that says in the last couple of months of pregnancy, when we have a fully formed infant in utero, why not protect that life? And even, you know, I've had these interesting conversations as I've met people through next door to get signatures. And, you know, people will say things like, well, what if, you know, what if a child is unwanted or what if a child is disabled or, or is in a bad situation? And, and I, you know, I, I know people in each one of those categories. I, I know people who were born and, and were not particularly wanted, either by one or both parents. I have friends that were abused by their parents, and I have friends with disabilities whose disabilities were congenital, so they were born with them. And I know these people, and all of these people are precious to me. All of these people are living good lives. All of these people have overcome, whether it's the abuse or the disabilities, as adults. And so, you know, learning to embrace everyone, regardless of differences or disability or race, I I just, I would like to believe that there's some common ground there. Well, and I I think there are, there is, not are, tell I didn't do well in English. Uh, I think there (laughs) is common ground um, with a lot of people because I think it makes sense. Um, The other thing that really sticks out to me is, you know, and I know there's anger on both sides, but just just the the venom 
Um, I think people become angry uh, when they support this issue because, one, probably it's personal, and two, it's it's almost like they're being indicted and they're not ready for that yet. You know, I reached out to a couple different people to come on the show and have an honest dialogue. Uh, one person who uh, supports Cobalt, which is the, the new NARAL, mm-hmm. they just changed the name, uh, sent me a message and said, I'll come on your show, but I charge $1,500 for an appearance and $250 for every death threat. And I thought, Jesus, simple no would have worked okay. Uh, I've <laughs> Maybe also, I should ask for those similar Yeah, you know, well, I'm just, yeah. I, you know, I almost I responded by, you know, how do we define death threat? And I got to see how much I have in my account. Uh, but I didn't. I just kind of let it go. We, I, I, and just so people know, uh, our attorney general uh, was actually a guest on one of the Cobalt Weekly programs. I reached out to see if he would come on our program to have a respectful conversation, and I was told no as well. So it's hard to have a dialogue, but I think we have to reach out to people, right? We have to realize there's not an enemy in this fight. It really are other souls that need to be saved and be enlightened. And I think if we view people who don't agree with us in that light, it can change our demeanor as well. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I completely agree. And you know, one of the harder things I've done in the last couple of months was stand outside of Target and ask people for signatures. And honestly, I'm not sure I'd do that again. It's, uh, <laughs> there are other places, a little friendlier venues, but I was going to Target. I happened to have a petition with me, so I thought I'd give it a try. Got a couple of signatures, but I had some people be pretty, pretty nasty to me. And so what I thought I would do is, you know, if Christ could forgive the people who killed him, and tormented him while he was dying, I could probably forgive somebody for saying something nasty. And so I thought to myself, how can I do that on my own volition? Like, can I just forgive people and be like, okay, I'm good. They can be nasty. That's fine. And I thought, no, I'm still struggling. I'm still having a hard time with that. So I decided that every time somebody was a bit mean, I would just do a quick prayer in my head mm-hmm. to ask God to help me to forgive them. And, and to just wipe it clean and to say, you know what, in the, in the end, they really don't know what they're saying. They think they're right. They're defensive. They, 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 they think they're right. They, they feel angry at me for being there with the petition. But in the end, they don't really know, in a sense. I'm not saying that they aren't morally culpable, but I'm saying that they don't know the truth. That They don't know the truth that would set them free. And so praying for them and praying that God would give me strength to put up with the the nonsense, but also to forgive and to even kind of mentally embrace those people. I I challenge myself to do that. I'm not sure I'm going back to Target, (laughs) but (laughs) I am trying to challenge myself that, that prayer I think is the only thing that's going to help. Not only to help us withstand the difficulties, but also to help change hearts and minds. To, to develop that empathy for the children and for and for women um, that are affected by abortion, it's not something that you or I really can do. We can facilitate, we can help with whatever God is doing, but we got to rely on Him. I think He's the one that really moves the stones. Yeah, I mean, in the end, it's the Holy Spirit who does all the work. We just have to say yes. And I think, to your point, right, faith and living our faith in the public square is not easy, right? But if we think about it, nothing in our life that was worthwhile is easy. 
Like college was yeah. not easy for me. I didn't like it. I knew I had to do it. Uh, but when I got done, there was a, a, a sense of accomplishment because I did something that I would have could have tr- come up with a hundred reasons why not to do it. But it was just something I needed to do. And I think our faith is, you know, putting ourselves out there and sharing that love of Jesus Christ, who, oh, by the way, is the author of life. Uh, mm-hmm. and defend those lives who can't defend themselves because in the end, we would have wanted somebody to defend us. Exactly. And, and, and yeah, and, and just praying that we can go in as, as sort of cheerful warriors, you know, because it is easy to get mad. It, it is easy to get mad when you think about children dying. Um, but anger is not helpful. So, I mean, I think... It, it could be a little bit helpful in a sense that it can get you out of bed and get you working. But in the end, it's, it's grace is the greater power. So if we can rely on the spirit, not only to give us the mental protection when we're out there, but also that he's the one that changes hearts and minds. And anyone who's, a, who's listening right now, who's a little, has a little trepidation about sharing pro-life views with friends or, or taking the, you know, a lot of people ordered the petitions to help out, but, some some folks are probably like, oh, I don't know, I don't know if I, I can do it. Well, you can do it if if you pray first that God would give you strength, that He give you calmness, that um, He help guide you through those conversations, and and you're going to come out of that. I, I actually was kind of I did the motor motor vehicle as well. Um, that they sent me there to get signatures, and I had to admit I was a little bit scared. So I say you you but, haven't chosen the easiest places like a church. I know. The church services were the best. I went to the best masses in all these different languages and met all these wonderful believers. But the motor vehicle was better than Target, I'll admit that. But if I if I could just sort of put on that, you know, the armor of God, if you will, and just say, hey, you know, God's protecting me. If somebody is, is mean, I'm just going to forgive them, and I'm going to keep getting signatures. And I, I got a bunch of signatures. So I, I guess if I get a message, I'd say, yeah, it's a little scary to get out there with your opinion be gentle about it and just know that you're going to be okay. Even if somebody's not that nice, um, it's okay. It, it just be brave, get that pack, get that, that petition out of the pat out of the, uh, the envelope and, and go out and talk to folks. Well, and in the end, right, the Lord is always going to take us out of our comfort zone so that we can grow. I mean, I, yeah. I always, always would always imagine, you know, it'd be nice if he came down and said, hey, Deacon, you're doing exactly what I want you to do. Now, I know there's no way that's ever going to come out of his mouth, but it's not going to come out of his mouth for any of us, right? There's always things that we can do to grow, and one of those things is to defend life. I mean, just imagine at the end of our lives, those children who might come up to us and say, thank you for defending me. I mean, mm-hmm. that would have made everything worthwhile. So I think your point is, you know, we're going to have to go out of our comfort zone. We have to trust in the Lord, and we're going to have to take some things that we don't like, but it's going to help us grow in not only in our own faith, but on how to deal with other people who don't necessarily agree with us. And not only praying for our own strength, but praying for that individual. I find it harder to be mad at somebody when I'm praying for them at the same time. Yeah, it's true. It does. It, it gives you, uh, it, you the love, I think, can overcome some of that anger. And I think every single Christian out there needs to be defending life and needs to be defending the most vulnerable because we're called to it. I mean, the Bible says that true religion is defending widows and orphans. It's defending the most vulnerable. It's defending people who have been cast aside in, in that culture at that time 
orphans and widows were lucky if they could get the next meal. Yep. And we are called to protect vulnerable people. In the early church, they, they'd go out to the rivers where the Romans, uh, Roman citizens would throw their unwanted children. They'd, they'd throw them in the river or they'd leave them in the forest. And, and that was, I guess you could say that that's their way of doing abortion, to get rid of, of unwanted children. And the Christians would wade into the water and they would pull the infants from the water and take them home and bring them up. And I think we need to have that same courage to wade into the water. We need to, we need to be wading in even when we were uncomfortable, talking about defending the life of children. And, and I was talking to somebody last night when I was getting a signature about having a kind of whole life ethos. I think I put it better than that last night, but where we, where we want to, we have a heart from pe- for people from conception all the way to na- to natural death, whether it's an elderly person in the nursing home, whether it's somebody with a physical or mental disability, children, infants, babies in utero, we need to be embracing everyone and doing what we can legally and doing what we can through charity and through our own lives. We need to be those ones that are wading into the water and willing to give of our time and our treasure to protect the people that God loves, and that is the most vulnerable. Yeah, and he loves us all. One of the things we need to remember is a lot of our elected officials during this pandemic have said, look, we have to do everything we can to save lives. We're going to shut down the economy. We are going to do whatever it takes to get a vaccine and to do all these things, which, hey, that is great, but we need to kind of carry that through the whole spectrum because what we had here in Colorado was uh, liquor stores, pot shops, abortion clinics were open. We tried to shut down the churches. But one of the things, and, I, and I've seen it because I'm on some mailing email lists, that some of the pro-choice organizations were touting how great it was that Colorado was open for abortions so that people from like Texas and other states had a place to go. I mean, I think, you know, if we're going to really look at this thing from conception through natural death, which is how we need to look at it, then, you know, the efforts that we spent to save lives during the pandemic needs to transfer to save lives of the unborn, don't you think? Oh, yeah. And, and, I, you know, I think about, you know, a certain, you know, a culture of death, uh, a people that would celebrate the taking of a human life uh, and to say that Colorado was open for business when other, when other states had, had shut down these, these abortion facilities. It, it's, it's tragic. But the idea that we can make a difference this November, we get, if we get these signatures and we get this ballot initiative, on on Colorado will no longer be a destination for late-term abortion. It's we're one of you know just a handful of states where late-term abortion is allowed. There's a famous abortionist up in Boulder who who specializes in late-term abortion and there are people who come from around the country not just during this pandemic but under normal circumstances to get a late-term abortion and I I would love for us to be able to say, no, we're no longer one of those states. If, if a child is going to die late in a pregnancy, it's not going to be here. Yeah, I mean, it's actually around the world. I mean, we've had calls at our Respect Life office trying to save a woman from Spain whose parents flew her here to Boulder to have a late-term abortion. So you're right. I mean, Colorado needs to be a destination state, but a destination to go skiing <laughs> and hiking and, you know, things that— 
you know, fulfill someone's life, not something that takes somebody's life. Exactly. There was a time when I was a bit younger, I used to volunteer at a pregnancy center. And um, just I I would like us to to be a place that 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 comes around, surrounds and loves women and children, women facing an unplanned pregnancy and the children that they're carrying. I hate the fact that we are a destination for late term abortion and, and we can make a difference. We can make that change this November. Well, and since the first time since 1967, which a lot of people either don't know or, you know, tried to forget. So we just, I, you know, I told you I'd, you'd be on for like 10, 15 minutes. Well, you pretty much used the whole show because I couldn't stop talking. But <laughs> what can what can people do? We have a few days left for people to sign. Where can they go? What should they be doing right now? They need to go to DueDateTooLate.com. That's going to have your signing locations anywhere in the state. You could be in the middle of nowhere. Um, and, you know, you, there's also a place to sign up if you're interested and um, somebody can contact you. That The signing locations are really where you want to put the emphasis or where you really want to look. And then if you've got a packet, get, get out there and get those signatures. Uh, use Nextdoor.com. You know, I, I put it on my Facebook page that any friend – that's in the state, I will drive and come and get your signature. Now, I don't really want to drive to Durango, but you know what? I would do it. I don't know that I have any friends there, but you know, I'm willing to go get signatures. If somebody's, if somebody would like me to wear a mask, I can do that. Whatever makes people comfortable. I want us to get these signatures. I don't just want to get 10,000 signatures. I want to be at the secretary of state's office in 10 days with 20,000 signatures. Yeah, I mean that's that's the ultimate goal, right? I mean, show the people of Colorado that this state no longer wants to terminate the life of a child that if born would be able to live outside the womb. And so you're right. Luckily, I have like three friends so I could make that offer and, yeah, and be done in like done. 5 minutes. But uh yeah. my guess is you're, you you might you might want to uh make sure you got a gas credit card because you're going to be driving around a lot, which which is good, right? I mean, in the end like when this is all said and done, every one of us is going to have to look in the mirror. Did I sign this? Did I do everything I can to save the yeah. life of the most defenseless? And you know what? The mirror is not going to lie when we look when, it, when we look back at ourselves. We'll know the truth to that answer to that question. It, that is very true. Actually, I'm heading out to Elizabeth in a few minutes, hitting a, a couple places along the way to get some more signatures. I I think we need to be out there and doing it and being brave and being. I remember one of my students saying to me, you know, duty is not what we have to do. Duty is what we get to do.